Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers. This is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 324. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful Mike Bolin. He is a comedian, but he's more than that. He's a little bit of everything. Comedian, speaker, writer, actor, everything you can possibly think of. Uh, Not only that, he is born with or I believe we get into the conversation about how he gets it. I'm not, don't quote me on it. I gotta, you know, there's a lot of stories in my head, but he has one hand and he's actually in high spirits about it. So he's incredible to talk to. He's very insightful and you can catch all of his stuff and all of his wonderful one-handed tutorials at his social media that we always link down below so that being said you can catch every episode of our podcast at findingarizonapodcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so catch us at finding arizona podcast and last but not least if you want to send us an email that's findingarizonapodcast at gmail.com i am still in the works and trying to get everything in order uh i have everything set up i just need time to upload and just do it organize it and get it into a space where it's like on a systematic uh moving out and being churned out along with the episodes it's a lot of work so that being said we're uh probably a little bit behind on far as putting those um spotify and apple behind you know uh extra bonus episodes but bear with us we're still working on it those will be coming out soon uh a little bit also behind the scenes atlas is just getting so big he's getting so big he is incredibly good swimmer he is so smart talking he can say words now it's so incredible to kind of see where he's at at his skill level and so we're very blessed and happy uh the summer has been great to us and we are just very excited for the next couple of seasons what we're gonna do as far as uh my birthday brit's birthday uh there's a lot of things coming down the work so Hopefully you'll stay tuned with us and we hopefully will be able to send a lot more uh, bonus content uh, materials to you guys so that you guys can stay in touch with us and always, always, always connect with us at Finding Arizona Podcast. And that is going to conclude my little intro here. This is episode number 324 with the incredible Mike Bolin. We'll catch you on the next episode. This podcast episode is sponsored by the No Global Membership. Get into the room to network with other women you want and need to know. Link to join the Global Membership is in the show notes. Claim your freebie today. Hey guys, it's Jose. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Have you been like me, been outside every three months just doing your own pest control and you're frustrated, you had it up to hear from your wife? Well, I got a place for you happybeespestcontrol.com. They are the number one, first and only pollinator friendly pest control company in Arizona. And I want to give you a chance to save $25 by going over to happybeespestcontrol slash finding AZ, or just give them a call 602-529-8797 to get everything from pest control, rodent control, mosquitoes, and bed bugs. Tell them Finding AZ sent you and get your discount today.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in very special guests every week, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Mike. But before he tells us what he's about, I'd just like to give a little blurb about him. He's uh, a man of many talents, many hats, uh, comedian, uh, YouTuber, uh, a little bit of everything. But more importantly, he's here uh, to give us some insight into a world that you know many of us don't even know or, or really understand or appreciate so mike why don't you just give us your kind of take and what you're here to talk to us about yeah you know uh one of the more interesting things possibly about me is that i was born with one hand and uh you know i from my perspective i really enjoy it i have no qualms about it um and it's really the source of my comedy so i yeah i have no i have no problem with having one hand Man, it's one of those things that like I, um, I I tip my hat off to a lot of people with um, this certain kind of like missing uh, a, a piece of the human body in that mental capacity to um, kind of adapt to the situation. And just, you know, I mean, just your general outtake on life is just very positive. And so I, I want to say kudos to you for for coming out of this kind of i don't even know how to call it it's not a situation but it's just kind of this weird part of this world that you know certain people have this ailment and this particular thing happened to them um and it's just kind of like it's just one of those things that it breaks it breaks certain people but it also kind of kind of pivots the world in the mind of how it thinks and how you do certain things and I, yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to point that out. Just like that's really cool for <laughs> to meet you, Mike. Um, so I'm gonna give you the the stage here, but I wanted to just kind of like give you the question that we typically ask everyone when we first start out. It's just kind of like, can you give us a little bit of understanding of how the um, the pandemic has treated you, and just kind of like what did you do? During the pandemic, what are the types of things that kind of affected your life, especially being one-handed, and certain aspects that you had to 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 change? You know, uh, during the pandemic, you know, the, the comedy scene pretty much shut down. You know, and, and as as many of the scenes did, obviously, so yeah, it was a little bit harder to to, to do that and to get in front of the uh, an audience. But as far as anything else was concerned. I'm, I'm pretty much just like anyone else. I was working from home and remote and really, you know, certainly enjoyed that. You know, I like that quite a bit. I thought yeah. I'd take the next two years to learn how to juggle, but I still haven't learned how to juggle. I don't know. Maybe it's a one hand thing. It's probably me. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's really one of those things. It's like, I, I just, I didn't know if there was any kind of certain challenges, especially being uh, one handed of like that we're not really seeing or understanding, especially you know, one of those things that I've learned too is with, um, I learned about handicap ramps over my time over the pandemic and kind of the history of the um, ADA. I'm a landscape architect uh, by by trade and, and my day job. So that history of understanding kind of the ADA and, and kind of where it pivoted in the, the 50s and 60s um, and allowing this new world of like, we're not thinking holy like you know we're not thinking about everyone under the sun sometimes and so i just didn't know if during the pandemic there were certain things that you know maybe came out of it that just you know we're not thinking still holy or holistically on an everyday scale that you may have 
had the challenges of, or may had to like help us understand? Yeah, I think the biggest fear for me during the pandemic, uh, being a cancer survivor was, you know, really the unknown. And so it's a little bit different story about me as far as like mm-hmm. my handicap, but certainly being a cancer survivor. And when it, you know, the p- pandemic first started happening, I wasn't sure how that was going to affect me as a person, you know, because they yeah. said the uh, com- immune, co- uh, immune compromised people mm-hmm. may have problems. Uh, you know, I uh, was very fortunate. I I never tested positive and I did test uh, and, you know, quite a few times. doesn't mean yeah. I didn't get it, I'm sure. But uh, as far as with me, with one hand, I, there's nothing I could necessarily think of in particular. Yeah. Nothing threw you off. No, nothing threw you all out of the box or anything. Good, good, good. I, and, and that's one of the things that I, I just really, I really want to take away that it's like one of the, the beautiful things that I took the time out of was just kind of educating myself on different aspects, not only to make myself better as you know a designer, but as a person as well too, just to appreciate you know those little things too. So you know, with my podcast listening and and what I what I put in my content uh, life. So that was one of the history parts. Like I was really thought that was cool because I just, you know, I don't know everything. And so that's one of the things that I love getting some facts and in, in history in my life. So I will now transition to kind of the, the secondary question, which was our previous question that we used to ask everyone was give us a little bit of your origin story. You know, I know that we're discussing, you know, the cancer and just how it's affected your life on, on a, on an everyday scale, but can you give us an understanding of the name of it, uh, where it came, like, was it in the beginning of your life early on as childhood? And then what transitioned you to even take up comedy? I know it's one part is the cancer, but it's another thing to kind of say, I'm going to step up on stage with a hundred people looking at me and, and, and shoot for the stars here. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the cancer story. I had uh, squamous cell carcinoma, which was a form of um, throat cancer. Okay. And that happened in 2016. So they do those two stories do kind of commingle because, you know, not to get too melodramatic, but obviously the C word makes you think about your life. And absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So I thought about my life and it, getting to the other side was always the goal. Uh, what did I want to do when mm-hmm. getting to the other side? Well, there's two things I wanted to do. I wanted to try comedy and yeah. I've been very fortunate. I've been now doing it for mm-hmm. four, four years. Mm-hmm. The, the second thing that I haven't done yet, but I still plan on doing it is uh, hit another pro bowling stop. You know, I was a pro bowler early in my life and um, I was the first one-handed pro bowler. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of a fun thing, kind of a neat thing. I haven't done it yet but it's still on the on the list to do and the reason why to be honest is because i'm enjoying the comedy so much and what's that what that is bringing me and and really uh, the message of of me going up there and being very self-deprecating about my situation and having a lot of fun with it yeah i'm really enjoying that so that's that's it yeah pat on the back man i mean like if you have more than one thing that you can fall back on i always say that's just a man of many talents that you you are just <laughs> you're just truly gifted in, in other sorts of ways so you know let's get into a little bit of like you know these two separation of worlds and um you know i know a little bit about bowling i'm not the best at it i'll, I'll tell you that my my highest score is just a little shy of 100 and it's just one of those things that's like, I'm trying, I, I, I try for the bowling, but I think it's an interesting um, culture. There's one thing that I think comes out of it is um, one of those things of like, they're very tight knit. It's very unique. You know, there are places it's, it's uh, the history of it traveling through the Midwest. 
Um, you know, those types of old school bowlers with like what is the, <laughs> some fun names, you know, Bob, you know, just like Bob something, you know, the cool nickname and all that. And then we also think of like Kingpin. We also think of those movies yes. that kind of really um, brought to light that culture. So, you know, I, I really want to know what what about the culture and what about bowling excites you and still excites you to this day to kind of keep your pro bowling card as the one handed bowler right there. Well, you know, I think it's mostly just making sure I keep my card because I really don't bowl too much anymore. But I, yeah. I, it's one of those things that I just having the card, I'm still very proud that I was able to do it. And it's going it. to be fun trying, trying to trying to make the comeback. But, you know, it's interesting that you bring up Kingpin because, you know, it's about a one handed pro bowler. It's like, why yeah. didn't they cast me? I don't know why. You know, I, I was it. Did they not pull off the one handed part well enough? I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> just like, did I not have the right amount of one handedness? Exactly. <laughs> Because yeah. if they didn't like my bowling, I would have been more offended. <laughs> They're just like, he's just not bringing the spice on the bowl in here. Um, one of the things that I also wanted to kind of get into, too, is like, you know, there's the, the comedy world. And, and one of the things that I I am very much a fan of the comedy world. I enjoy, again, podcasters. And there's a lot of comedy podcasts. A lot of comedians have their own podcasts. So I, you know, I try to pick out some of my favorites and some of uh, people that I can relate to. And it's just, to me, it's one part, like, yes, there is this level of um, therapeutic openness that you're going on stage, you're being self-deprecating, you're trying to make people a group of people laugh with you and, and kind of connect with you for this, however long you have on stage. And that's the other aspect that makes it hard. However long on stage is your level of like difficulty to jump the, the fence on that. Um, so to me, it's always been kind of a trial by fire for some people. Does, do you feel that same method? Do you feel that same way? And then also it's like, now that you have too, it's like you you have this thing about you that everyone's just going to point to. So it's everyone's just going to visually go to first. Does it make yeah. it easier or harder for you as far as a comedian too? So I, I have it, two questions. So Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think it came with experience because at first, when I first started, I think it was more my approach and how I was uh, presenting myself. Uh, not that I ever did it in a negative way, but you have to do it in a certain way where the audience can connect yeah. and make sure that, you're, you're giving them, you know, permission at the lack yeah. of a better term to, to laugh with you. Absolutely. And uh, maybe, maybe I didn't do it as well as, as I hope I do now. Uh, yeah. I, I pretty much come out of the gate, you know, uh, blazing right, right away. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> thank you for applauding for me. You know, the one thing I can't do, thanks for the applause. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure it means something nice. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I didn't I, want to give too much of your bits away in the beginning there. So it's just like, I appreciate you coming out here, like just doing as much as you can with me, because I, again, that's another thing that I also, it's the challenge of interviewing certain uh, comedians too, because I don't want to get, let them run away with their bits. And, and, and so I want people to enjoy the, the conversation that we have, but I also want them to go out and actually see your, your comedy and go out and see you in person because I mean, you're a fantastic gentleman and I enjoy talking to you. That's one of the things that I really get a kick out of because I feel like with every comedian, they have their own, I don't even know, energy that kind of comes along with them. And so that's just something that is excites me because I really get a kick out of, out of each one. Um, so I go into now kind of getting into a little bit more 
personal side of you and and getting to the little bits and the fantastic thing about covid is now we we do these zoom calls and i get a little peek into the world that you live in and so from the background i'm just gonna gonna pick off some things here from behind you you're you're a little bit of a, a cardinals golfing and a sports fan here so give us a little bit of the story behind the helmet there yeah, I, I'm a Cardinal season ticket holder. I've been a fan since they came in 88. Before 88, uh, you know, I was uh, liking whatever team was was probably doing well at the time. But yeah. the, the day the Cardinals came in, I was a fan. And I've been through, you know, obviously all of us that are Cardinal fans have been through some high and low times, maybe a little yeah. bit more low, especially at the beginning. But uh, I'm a season ticket holder, like I said, and I just really, really like the Cardinals. So they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're probably number one in my heart, although, you know, loving the Suns for, since 1979, you know, they're, they're, they've um, always been, I'm just a sports fan, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, golf, I, I love golf. I, I, I really, truly love golf. I play as much as I possibly can. Basketball, I play. Yeah. I'm Arizona sorry. is the perfect level of like um, multi-sport. Like it's just one of those states where you can do, get away with like, yeah, we're not, 100% in on football. We're not like, we're not, we don't have those kind of fandoms that like we're like a basketball city. No, we range the gamut because golf is a big culture. Football is, is big here. Basketball, we have a, everything. So it runs the gamut. And I always say, it's like, be that, be, be what your state embodies. And so I think from every kind of perspective of like, we have all of these things because our state can fulfill all those things on, on a seasonal scale. So, yeah, um, I know I, I'm an ASU grad, so Mickles, uh, Phil is a big, yes. is a big part of the, the world over there. And, and we know a lot of, about him. And, and so that, that's something that gets me. It's like, whenever I meet a golfer, it's like, is, is it because the state kind of has so many golf courses and kind of has that embodiment <laughs> of the golf state that kind of brought you here? Or was that just, just an add on? <laughs> I think it's that. because no, I think golf, especially it, it's the one sport where I only have to buy one glove. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's made for me. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> awesome. Um, the one thing also, before we kind of, we kind of peek away or kind of sidestep here is I see the vintage cameras and all the, all the vintage radios. Is there something behind that as well? It's just a passion. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. collecting. Yeah. And I have quite a bit of, uh, Cameras, like I said, my dad was a uh, more of a collector of cameras, and unfortunately, yeah. he passed away. Um, so I was able to, you know, acquire some of his acquire, through. Yeah. He wanted me to have them, and uh, the the radios was uh, just me. I, I've always liked yeah. the old vintage tube radios, and uh, nice. I have a tube tester, a lot of tubes. Yeah, it's just which one's one your of those, favorite? Uh, I there's a pink one in the back of me. Uh, that particular it. radio is a, is a Motorola, and if you've seen Goodfellas. Um, when Ray Liotta's character is hearing about the Latanza heist in the shower, yeah, yeah, yeah. he he's listening to, to that, that exact one? radio. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not, not the one I own, unfortunately, but <laughs> I, I asked is because the one just directly over your shoulder, the smaller one, the camera, I, oh, we have, my wife is the same. She likes vintage cameras. So we have that one too. And we got <gasps> that one at Goodwill. We found it. And so that was really great as far as a, as a goodwill um, kind of find. The other thing too, is that I know from my own particular nerdum and history of like, I'm a, a movie nerd, is that vintage cameras, the one thing about the particular one on top of you, just right above your head, 
um, people really like the flash because the handle is if you take it apart is the star wars lightsaber handle for one oh. of the classic uh i think it's the 20s or 30s cameras yeah so that, oh, that was wow. something that i learned on antiques roadshow how interesting is that? That is really, I mean, it's, it takes the 620 film. I, it, I, I love the old cameras too, but your, 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 your story about that goodwill find. I mean, I love that. I'll, I still go and try to look at fine yeah, cameras or radios or whatever. Yeah. I'm a vintage guy myself is um, one of those things that like, I really do enjoy finding those pieces that it doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be somewhere like, so we have um, kind of an old, uh, I don't even know how to, how to put it. It's a big um, vinyl player and radio. Like it's a big one. One of those old, like 50, like a console. 60, yeah, like a whole console. And so yeah. what we did was actually, because it wasn't functional, we gutted it and then turned it into a... Uh, a a litter box for the cat so it matches oh, the decor idea. of the room and basically because it didn't work we gutted it took out all the mechanic well it didn't take it out but just gutted it and then allowed the cats to to go in and out as a litter box so what I think a great idea i think i think it was fun for us as far as a project for a couple but it's like also it's like taking something that still has use and still has beauty to it and just kind of repurposing it. So that's, again, I also see your gumball machine, which is my dad loves the gumball machines. Like he's so, here's another thing about me. He's kind of a handyman. So he bought um, a popcorn, a vintage popcorn machine when we first bought this house and presented it to me as a gift for the house. It's like, this is your house where we get have some popcorn. (laughs) <laughs> that is that's fantastic so we we share this kind of like affinity affinity for for vintage so i really do I, I i see all of it and i really do i can appreciate the pieces that you have there and so that's really cool to me um, well i have one other i have one yeah, other ahead, vintage item that i've owned uh, since i was 16 i bought a 1951 chrysler windsor that is now in my garage restored but i've owned it my whole life and used to cruise Maine in it. And uh, back in the day when that was legal and uh, yeah, I love that vehicle. It's fun. Man. I still now, now I drive it on Sundays, but uh. <laughs> it's so, oh man, I would love, uh, do you take photos of it? Like, do you have it on Instagram at all or anything like that? Cause I, I would, I love do. To... And I'll certainly share you. I'll okay. Share it thank you. Sure. Thank you. That would be wonderful. I love vintage cars. That's, that's another, like if I could, if I had the income and had the the time and effort to like keep keep it upkeep and all that stuff it's just that's one thing i would love to to try and and get is one vintage classic car like that um absolutely let me ask you this this is another thing too because certain aspects of your life and this is why we ask these questions of our every person comes through our door just give us a little bit of your daily routines keep you balanced and keep you level-headed could be anything from meditation to working out or things like that but in your particular case too could you also add on kind of like how long certain parts of your days your routines in the morning and things like how long does it particularly take you especially with the one hand and that's just because i would really like to understand like if i'm getting dressed for the day it takes me five minutes how long does it take you that's, those are great questions. I do work out in the morning and I've actually made uh, some of the things that I need to work because somebody like me, uh, like if I was going to go 
get a gym membership, they probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have some of the things that I need to work out, if yeah. that makes sense. You yeah, know, it, it's sense. just, it's not, especially on the right side, you know, yeah. uh, not having a right hand, but I was able to make uh, like something that connects to my barbell and okay. um, w- with PVC. And that's cool. how I do my curls. And you know, I was yeah. just using them earlier, you know, my presses, wh- whatever it is. And I, I take about an hour in the morning to do that. And uh, you know, it. it really sets my day. I mean, if I fail to do that on a day for whatever reason, I'm in a hurry to get to work. Uh, it, 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 I, I can tell the difference. I mean, there's nothing that sets my day up better than, you know, making sure I have a pretty good workout and you know, do my push-ups, do all. And, and matter of fact, uh, something interesting about, and I, we were talking a little earlier, talking about my YouTube channel. I, I'm fortunate what I try to do now, and this is probably more the pandemic thing that I uh, probably should have brought up earlier, how I do things with one hand. And that's yeah. some of the things that kind of came up through the pandemic. So when it comes to my push-ups, what I use, I use a yoga block on, on the right side where I don't have a hand. Got it. Not because it hurts my right hand. It probably hurts my left hand a little bit more to do the push-ups, but it just balances me out. You know, yeah. it just, it, it makes my, yeah. it, it makes me even. And then at night, what I like to do, I'd love going to shoot hoop at the local, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, park. I don't do that a lot necessarily. I'd love to do it more, but it, yeah. it's, it's interesting. You know, back when I was younger and oh, go ahead, it's still triple digits by sunset, let's just be honest. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Yeah. Right now I'm not doing it too much, but, uh, and then some of the things you're talking about, uh, Tying a tie, you know, tying my shoes, uh, buttoning yeah. buttons, those things. Uh, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question because I don't know if it takes me longer necessarily, but I have to use just different parts of my body to do it. And sure, uh, yeah. one would be like, I have to bite my tie like three times as I'm going through and doing it. But, yeah. you know, I'm a full Windsor guy, you know, when it comes to ties, I, I have to have the full Windsor. So uh, make sure that I get it done. I love it. And it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I ask these questions because it's really kind of one of those things. It's like, sometimes you don't even think about it because it's just a daily routine, but it's also one of those things. It's like, I just really want to be in the, in the scope of like, I don't know anything. I just really want to be honest with you. And, I, and if I can ask these questions with, with full open heart, like, I, I don't know. And then it's just like, one of those things is like, I think it helps everyone to kind of realize that like, you can have these conversations, you can, you can approach someone with um, an, a vulnerability of just like, look, I don't know, but I want to know. And I want to, you know, appreciate those things. So um, again, thank you. Uh, you know, you didn't have to, but you do. No, thank you. I, I appreciate getting asked those questions. I, I, I'm an open book when it comes to having one hand, anything anyone wants to know, I was uh yeah. If, if you don't mind me telling a quick yeah, story. Go ahead. Thank you. I, I uh, a gentleman with one hand actually came out to one of my show very recently. Awesome. And uh, th- th- yeah, it was great. And, and uh, uh, his wife was talking about some of the things he can and can't do. Yeah. And one of the things was tying shoes. So it's like, his name is John. Say, hey, John, yeah. come over here. Let, let me show you how I do it. Not to say this is the way you're going to do it. Here's how I do it. Yeah. And it was just a great uh, connection between us. One on one, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm sure there's things I could learn still, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that kind of like the antithesis to like, maybe I can shoot these little short clips of like daily routines. Was that kind of like the start of it? Or was that kind of like midway through you doing all that stuff? I think it was a little bit midway through. It just kind of started to dawn on me, you know, some of the yeah. questions that people do ask me. Yeah, um, I had the ability to show, hey, yeah. here's how I do it. And uh, so I... 
Yeah, I, it's and some of them, you know, I have I, I have something why it's great having one hand, which is more c- comedy. You know, it's just I, I I show some things that where I fail out, but I fail as a joke, really. Yeah, you know, absolutely. just it just kind of be funny, you know, because I got it. You got to. There, there's nothing about having one hand that I feel I'm missing in life, and I, I, I this is the way I'm supposed to be. Perfect. There's no question. So I like it so much. Perfect. I love that. I love that answer. That means a lot to me that you're able to approach life that way, because that's what I, I really do think that that's the best way to do it. Um, let me uh, let me ask you this, too, before you know we kind of end things and wrap things up is give us a little bit of like goal setting for you and just kind of the future of where you hope to be in, let's say, a year or two, because we have, you know, a large audience and a big enough uh, reach out there, and especially the local area. Is there things that you would like to happen this year that you're kind of looking forward to? Well, I I appreciate that question so much because there's a lot happening right now. Just recently, within the last few months, I started a a nonprofit and I started it myself. It's called the Joe and Marie Boland Helping Hands Foundation. Awesome. And what that is, I'm going to help people in Arizona that need prosthetics. I'm, I'm going to help them afford their prosthetics. And I, my parents are no longer with us, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, but I named it after them. And here's why, you know, I don't wear a prosthetic any longer, but so many people need them and they're so important to so many people. Yeah. I also know that the costs involved in those can be overwhelming. Okay. So there was no better honor for me than to have an organization named after them because when I was younger, they made sure that I had any, any prosthetic I needed if, if mm-hmm. I need. So up until about eighth grade on and off, I would, I would wear one. And then being a, a young boy, I ended up breaking it. And, you know, it was yep. like, and that was pretty much it, but I'm very much looking forward to having events. I'm going to have a, uh, 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 it's called comedy for prosthetics. I'm having it J- July 20th, Wednesday, July oh, 20th. Great. Yeah. Great. I was, I was going to say good. And I, I was like, great. This is wonderful. Like, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like I've seen, you know, I think we all know about like red nose day. Um, that's a big comedy, um, yeah. you know, event that comes together and bring brings like that. I think that's wonderful. I mean, tell me more. I, I want to hear like, uh, well, I'm just people. looking, it's interesting. You, you asked the question. I'm just really looking to dedicate the rest of my life to uh, helping people, especially those that may need prosthetics or amputees yeah. or just like that story about that gentleman who I said, Hey, w- watch me uh, tie a shoe. Yeah. I think that's what I can do now. And that's what I, that that's my goal. That's my mission. That's my desire. You know, that's where my heart is right now. And especially yeah. again, after the cancer, I just realized, you know, life's short and I have to make sure that I'm fulfilling any reason I'm on this earth. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm here. And I, I'm just very, very dedicated to making it better for handicapped people. Yeah. May I ask um, how far along, like 301C, you're going that route? Um, and then how yes. far along you are? We just started, and, and I just say we, it's it's more, you know, grassroots right now, yeah. but we are 5013C. We're 100% nonprofit. You know, I made that investment to make sure that, you know, we can get to that point because I think it's very important for people Absolutely. to know that their investment is, you know, for, for a lot of different reasons. You know, we're, we're doing it, it's certainly tax write off, but going, and we, yeah. we have certain things we have to do legally to make sure we're doing things right. And, and I, I'm all for that. I think it's great. Absolutely. So there's, but there's two sides to it, right? I mean, there's, a, there's the fundraising side and we're going to have a lot of fun at the, the comedy show, but there's also the side where, Hey, we need to identify who we need to help. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking for people right now that are in need of help. And okay. uh, I, yeah, I'd love to, for them That's, to reach out to me and 
and figure out how we can make things happen for them. That's wonderful. And we will, we will definitely put that out there for you because that, I think that is something that we can help with. And um, I think uh, I may be able to put into conversations with other foundations too, because we have had a, an assortment of foundations, nonprofit foundations come through our doors and they are fantastic. I think every single one of them has an incredible story that um, I hope everyone who's listening gets a chance to listen to all of them as well. So one of the things that I think uh, is great about this question is because it does put that uh, level of like openness. And, and like you said, you're seeking out um, individuals, but it's also a level of like a concrete kind of like, you know, I said it, going to put that out there and I'm going to make it happen sort of thing. So um, Mike, I, I hope that we can make this a positive year for you. And if anything, I know one thing for sure is that you yourself have a positive light behind you. And I mean, I'm looking forward to, to seeing your, your comedy. I really am. I'm really looking forward to the event. And if I, we can make it out there, I, I will definitely make my, myself present for that event. Um, so kudos to you. Before we go, we usually kick it off to every guest to promote themselves, uh, social media, uh, where we can find you online, everything under the sun. Go right ahead, Mike. Well, thank you. Uh, my personal website is mikebolland.com, Mike, B-O-L-L-A-N-D.com. When it comes to the foundation I just spoke of, it's joanmariebolandshelpinghands.org. Everything's linked, you know, from my uh, website. Um, I have the official Mike Boland YouTube page where I show, you know, how I do things with one hand. And uh, even as we talked earlier, some, some things that people may not think would be difficult. I put in a light switch, but you know, for yeah. me to, you know, to, to hold a screwdriver sometimes or do a wire nut with one hand, it can be challenging. So I, yeah. I know that, and I've had comments, so I'm, I'm very happy that I've helped people there. Uh, but I'm Mike.Boland on um, Instagram and Facebook and uh, yeah, quite a bit yeah. of ways to find me. I just, again, I want to make one comment too. It's like, did those who like, it's like one of those things, a lot of people like to, to, to show the, the, to show their lives. But this is another thing that like, I, I always say that you can get something out of it because people want fast. The people want to like live their lives and like keep moving in and find different life hacks. There's something unique about the way you live your life where it's like, it's a different kind of life hack where it's like you're purposefully trying to auto-correct for certain pieces of uh, technology, like a screwdriver or something like to, to help you in your life. But in actuality, it's just something if someone else with two hands to look at it, it's like, oh, he found the cheat code. He found the way around <laughs> using two hands. He found the one hand code. So that's, uh, you know, kudos to you and, you know, making this kind of an ongoing story in, in your YouTube world. So I, I just again, I think it's the coolest thing because it's like. It's so simple. It's so part of your life and it's just, it's continuous. So as long as you keep doing that and keep putting that out there, I think people will make their way towards you and your comedy and everything in, associated in your life. So uh, Mike, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. I have a little end piece here. Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you to connect with us. So follow us under Finding Arizona Podcast under all social media. Last but not least, we say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends over here. Where is he? Where is she? Right there. She's over there. Over here. Four-legged friends. Um, 
And with that, we say good night to all of you and to all of you listening. Goodbye. <laughs>